Hello and welcome back to the Blue Tomorrow podcast on a week where Chelsea women were crowned WSL champions and Chelsea men finished in the bottom half of the table for God knows how long. It has been a very, very bizarre season as a Chelsea fan, especially for me as someone who's recently, like over the past few years, getting into the women's game. I mean, it's been a fan- another fantastic season for them. They've just gone from strength to strength, really. bit slight disappointment in the Champions League, but a league victory and an FA Cup victory. I mean, what more can you ask for, really? Apart from the treble, but maybe next year, who knows? Uh, and for the men, I've been following the men for my entire life, and I, it's pretty safe to say I've never felt more disconnected to the club than I than I have this season. It's just been an absolute travesty from start to finish, from sacking Tuchel to bringing in Potter to Lampard's return being pretty bad. I might be putting it lightly. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it's it's been a it's been a difficult season to watch to watch the men. There have been some good moments, very few and far yeah. in between. <laughs> Dortmund, I think, is probably maybe the only one. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah the <laughs> hype of the hype of all the January signings as well was oh, great yeah. until they actually yeah. started playing. And then it's definitely a bad season when the transfer window <laughs> is the highlight. <laughs> well, I think the transfer window might be the highlight for us next season as well. Oh, so. yeah, it might be for a long time at the moment. But yeah, it's been a, it's been a very interesting season. It's been great though to start this podcast with Tom, and we have seen off the last half of the season. I, I guess we started around January time, so. We had a, a good few weeks where we were winning games and then uh, we jinxed ourselves and we I think we lost every single game after that bar one. Yeah, so, thank you, Bournemouth. <laughs> yeah, so that was that was good. Uh, Tom, I'm just going to ask you quickly just to round up the season. I'll give you three words just to describe the season, the men's season. Three words for the men's season and then three words for the women's season. Uh, okay, for men, I'll go disappointing, dejecting, and diabolical. There you go. Four, three. Sounds D's, good. Boy. And for the yeah. women, um, dominant. Why do I start them all with D? I don't know why I do that. <laughs> um, um, world class. That's a hyphenated word. That'll do. And um, I'm trying to think of something like for building um, potential. I think. Yeah, yeah I think potential is a good one. Mm. I will go for the men. I will go. Uh, despicable. I'm, I'm also on the D train, I yeah, guess. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of good work, clearly. <laughs> despicable, embarrassing, and disheartening. Another nice, D word. Nice. I think disheart- well, yeah, yeah, embarrassing and disheartening is. And for the women, I'll go e- exciting, blessed, mm. written. As oh, in Guru, yeah, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Because I think she's had a, a absolutely fantastic season. We're going to start on that. We're going to talk about uh, Chelsea versus Reading. We did say it was a formality. We don't have to touch wood this time. It, no, it did I'm turn out to be a formality. Either. There was a point at the start of the game where I was messaging Tom where we, I think we'd hit the bar and they'd cleared a, cleared a, the ball off the line, and I was like, yeah. Tom, what have we done? Mm, but no, yeah. it was it was Sam Kerr, I believe, who broke the deadlock. And yeah. from there, the Chelsea women just strolled on to victory. Mm. Guru Wrighton, as I mentioned earlier, adding a second. And Sam Kerr wrapping up in the final few minutes of the game. I mean, after that first goal went in, I don't think there was ever really any doubt that Chelsea were going to walk on to victory. But what did you make of the game? And I mean, another season of success for the Chelsea women. The best team in in women's English women's football history by far. Yeah, um, it, it did become the formality we were hoping for in the end, which was nice. Um, 
I think if if the, if the girls wanted to, they probably could have, could have scored a hell of a lot more than. Could have been nine, I reckon. Yeah, I think that was yeah. my prediction last week. <laughs> uh, yeah, I didn't quite hit those guys. There were definitely the chances for that. Um, but yeah, like you said, once the first goal went in, there was no doubt, I think, in anyone's mind that Reading were going to somehow mount a comeback. We have had a couple of moments during the season where we've taken maybe two goal lead but let teams back in, but Reading aren't the calibre of team to even be close to being able to do that. I think they may have only had one chance throughout the 90 minutes. So. Yeah, sort of nice. I think they hit the bar, the actually. Hmm? I think they hit the bar. Yes, yeah. Or no, they missed right, a yeah. header just yeah, over yeah, the bar yeah. when it was only 1 0 as well. Mm. But apart from that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, that's the one chance, at least. But yeah, no, nice way to round off the season. Would have been nice to have finished at home, to have finished at home, I think. But it was a good travelling support that went up to Reading. So yeah, nice, nice way to wrap that up. I mean, four in a row now. It's absolutely ridiculous levels that we're producing so yeah very good very good stuff yeah very vocal fan base we had there at reading you can hear them on mm-hmm. the tv by far the i think the happier of the two fans i mean oh, reading yeah. i think yeah. finished on yeah, like 11 points this season <laughs> yeah they had a pretty diabolical season and we did send them down unfortunately mm-hmm. for them but yeah i think i i echo your sentiment it's been a it's been a fantastic season obviously losing uh panilla harder and ericsson is going to be it's going to be difficult next season but they've ended their their tenures on a high. I mean, Ericsson and Harder both have contributed to so many strong campaigns, and I think it's better to end it on a high than rather see see players like fall off towards the end of their careers. Especially as we we have seen, I think Ericsson's got she's she's not as good as she used to be, no, but yeah, she's still this season she's been fantastic when she's been asked to step in for the injured Millie Bright and and things like that. She's done done top work and it's a shame we couldn't we couldn't get the Champions League this season but I'm sure it is coming soon there is an ex- as I mentioned exciting future for the Chelsea women if they can keep Emma Hayes as motivated as she is as a manager which I hope that Todd Bowley and co can keep Emma Hayes on board for as long as possible we've got I mean Sam Kerr Lauren James and Guru Wrighton as a front three they're all relatively young and all very exciting futures. I mean, Lauren James is what twenty. Guru Wright, yeah, and I think is twenty four. I don't know about yeah. Sam Kerr. How old is Sam Kerr? Uh, Sam Kerr is only about 25, 26, I think. Yeah. I mean, they have potential to go on to be all time greats in the women's game. Yeah, and I think as part of this team, they absolutely can. Obviously, signings are needed, especially to prevent, uh, replace Penilla Harder. Especially since we lost, we lost Beth England earlier in the season. While well, we sold her, we didn't lose mm. her, but we sold her in the season. We do need attacking attacking reinforcements coming into next season, but I'm sure they will come. I think there's already been a signing they've made. I'm not... Yeah, yeah, I, I wouldn't be able to pluck it off from the top of my head, but yeah, I think there has been one already, and yeah, yeah there's been a couple more thrown around the rumor mill. So yeah, if we can get the business in early, that needs to be done. Maybe yeah. another backup centre back because with Millie Bright, not always a hundred percent fit. But... Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's um, obviously slotted. Um, um, what's what's the the uh, the uh, the other um, Melanie Leopold has filled in there a couple of times and yeah, yeah. It's clearly not she, she's been much better in midfield when she's been able to play there so yeah I think you're right yeah we have been chopping and changing a few players around with injuries as well mm. but I'm sure we can we can work around it but I think some a couple of signings are definitely needed yeah and especially as the WSL is getting better and better every year I mean we we saw the challenge put up by Man City. And Man United this season in particular. I mean, Arsenal have always been up there challenging, but Man City and Man United over the past few years have become a lot better in the women's game. And I'm sure we'll see other teams as well. As, as other teams invest more into their women's football, I'm sure we'll see other teams push up the table as well. I mean, you would expect that Liverpool and Tottenham would get a lot better than they currently are. I know Tottenham are putting more money into their women's game, but it's still 
not anywhere near as much as, as the other clubs are. But, I mean, we've seen Sam Kerr wrap up or take basically every award possible in, in women's football. Bit of a curveball. I don't really think that's massively deserved, especially of this season. Of last season, definitely, she was by far and above the best player in the WSL. But this season, I think even in Chelsea's team, there's been a better player. I know you agree with me, Tom. So I'm going to throw to you for your player of the season for the Chelsea women's team, and which will probably be player of the season in the whole WSL. Uh, well, yeah, quickly before I answer that, I was really shocked to see at the weekend that um, Kerr's second goal meant she equaled her goal-scoring tally in all competitions from last season, which amazed me. Like I couldn't believe that. I think it, she's got a lot more in the WSL last year than she did has this year. She got quite a few in the Cups this season, which has helped her with those tallies. But yeah, no, it's, it's, yeah, I do agree there has been someone better, and that one person is Gura Ryson. She's been probably the only player who's been consistent the entire season, has one of the very few that stayed fit the entire season. And when she has, she's been very, very key in some very important victories in pretty much every competition we've had so far this season. She rounded that off very nicely with a goal at Reading. So, yeah, for me, she's definitely Chelsea's player of the season. And, yeah, like you suggested, I think she should have been, should be in much more of the conversations for team of the season, for the, for like the league and for even the player of the season for the league. Yeah, I do think still, unfortunately, in women's football, there is a an element of of people who are watching who are just like kind of keeping an eye on games and not actually watching the games. Cause if you watch Chelsea women's games, as we have like quite, quite strongly, I've watched like most of them or at least caught up with extended highlights. If I've missed the game, Gura Wrighton is our best player on the pitch alongside. And, and even Lauren James is looking fantastic at times. Sam Kerr has been a bit invisible this season, especially in that I thought in the Champions League games, she kind of let herself down with a couple of missed chances that could have proved pivotal but Gura Wrighton when she's on the ball she's electric it's like watching a woman's version of Eden Hazard she's oh, she's yeah actually maybe combined with Lauren James Lauren James maybe has the dribbling ability mm. but and I mean Gura Wrighton has just been absolutely fantastic some of the passes I think she played the assist of the season earlier when she she pinged it about 45 yards straight onto the onto the feet of the on rushing attacker she's an absolutely fantastic player and I think she should have been should have been player of the season for Chelsea and player of the season in the WSL. And I hope in future when people vote, they don't just vote for Sam Kerr because she's Sam Kerr and she's the mm-hmm. most famous women's football footballer in England. I mean, yeah. as much as I love Chelsea players winning awards, I don't want them to win it if they don't deserve it. And I think this season, not that Sam Kerr's been bad by any means, she's, she's still been brilliant. But I mean, Manchester United have, Alessia Russo had far more goals. I mean, Man City's, oh, what's her name? Uh, Kalisha Shaw. Yeah, she far more goals as well. Like for a striker, you, you need to be up there in the top of the goals. And I think Guru Wrighton just contributes a bit more in the overall play. But who cares? Sam Kerr wins WSL, WSL player yeah. of the year. We take it. We take those. And Chelsea are WSL champions. And it's been an absolutely fantastic season for yeah. Chelsea women. And long may it continue. Long may we stay at the top of our game. Although I do enjoy uh, the other teams getting better as well in the WSL because. I feel like there's less of a an inherent rivalry in the WSL because the other teams maybe haven't been as good in previous years. Like Manchester United are only just starting to get good. With Arsenal, there's a bit of a heated rivalry there already. Mm. Uh, obviously, in the Premier League, I want Man United to in the men's Premier League, I want Man United to absolutely fall off the face of the earth as they did today yeah. in the FA Cup final. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Speaking of men's football, let's move on to the men who ended their season in 
well, actually, I guess a one-all draw to Newcastle is an impressive result, to be honest. Ah, I mean, yeah, yeah, we, we, we probably could take take that quite happily. Yeah, I'm, try, I'm trying to remember the game. I think they did they score first. I'm pretty sure they did, didn't they? Uh, yes, yeah, and we um, equalised. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Yeah, Anthony Gordon. Oh, bloody hell. Anthony oh, Gordon. Yeah, we gave him his first goal, yeah. didn't we? Of course Brilliant, we did. Yeah. Mm. Of course we did. And in true Chelsea fashion, we couldn't even score ourselves. Kieran Trippier had to score an own goal to yep. let us back into the game. Grab, grab the third highest scorer for Chelsea at Stamford Bridge this season. I mean, joint with about seven other people, but his one goal. <laughs> no, what, no one else other than Havertz and Sterling have scored more than two goals at the bridge this season. Is that actually true? That is, yes. <laughs> Very true. Holy weird. Yeah, I think Havertz has got seven, Sterling's got five, and everyone else has got one or less. <laughs> is why we've been so appalling this season. <laughs> well, that's not good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, we ended the season as, as well, I say it as, as as it sums up the season, a one or draw at home to Newcastle, but that's a far better result than we've got previously. Yeah. But it was that, a pretty boring game. any other stage of the season, we don't win that game. Yeah. <laughs> we don't get a point in that game. It was a pretty boring game, really, wasn't it? I mean, yeah. it, it was a while ago. I don't know how much you've got to say about it. We don't have to talk um, about it too yeah, much. Couple of it was it did feel very final day. I mean, you could tell Newcastle obviously secured their top four. There was the chance for them to grab third, but there's no real difference between the two apart from maybe a little bit of a monetary game for them for as a club. But I don't think yeah, they need it. Good good day out for no, you're right. <laughs> Probably don't. Uh, good day out for their fans. Um, I mean, they were the um I stick stuck around for the for the traditional walk around the pitch and the players and the coaching staff which was nice for some of them nice for Frank to get a proper goodbye and people like Ashley Cole got to say goodbye and whatever else but yeah the Newcastle fans were louder than the Chelsea fans were for that so that was interesting fun but yeah the game itself was yeah felt very final day uh after the equalizer went in very little happened that I can remember I think the only thing that does stick out in my mind is we maybe should have had a penalty late on from the handball but yeah I've only seen that back once I imagine if that happens again at a time where the game actually matters I would have been moaning about that a lot more on here but yeah it's just sort of summed up our season quite nicely but also actually put quite rightly already with it's quite a strong point against a team who finished a lot higher than us so yeah I mean We've seen today from the FA Cup final that VAR have no idea what they're doing with handballs and they just make it up as they go along because every single time we see a decision and you think, oh, last time that was a handball, so this time it will be. It's not, and vice versa as well. So, I mean... Yeah, I mean, can... yeah, yeah, with, with, for me, I think they got it right by the rules today, but it's it, we had an English um, refereeing team refereeing the Europa League final and there was a handball exactly the same that wasn't given. So, yeah, it's there's the inconsistencies are there, which is... Yeah, I mean, in, inconsistencies with VAR is not, mm. not something any Chelsea fan has to worry about, <laughs> doesn't know about, isn't aware yeah. about. But let's go through some some awards, well, our award ceremony mm. for, for Chelsea this season. I don't think it's going to be the most impressive thing you've ever seen. <laughs> but we get, we can start with player of the season. Tom, I'll start with you. I... Mm. I mean, I don't really have anyone in mind, so you maybe you go first and you might inspire me. Okay. Um, well, the, the club gave it to Thiago Silva, which I think I would be inclined to agree with because he, he has still been maybe slightly worse than he has been in his previous years, but still, if you look at the season as a whole, has probably stood out as our best player. I think the only other person who maybe could be in, in with the shout for that, someone who arrived in January, which is Enzo Fernandez, obviously has played every single game since he arrived and has nine times out of ten been the best player on the pitch for us but 
yeah, I think I, I'd, I'd agree with the club and say Thiago Silva because there have been still moments where he's bailed us out at times, even if we are then later punished in the game. But yeah, he's still by far and away. He's cle- still clearly cares to play for the club, still wants to play for the club and will put the effort in where a lot of other players haven't done so. So for me, it's Thiago Silva. Absolutely agree, especially with the Enzo Fernandez shout. I think if he'd been playing all season for us, it would be him by a mile. But the the problem with the Chelsea player of the season, for this season anyway, is that there's been so much rotation in every game that, I mean, you can't even pick a front three that have started more than 25 games combined, really, I don't think, oh, in yeah, the Premier no, League. So who are you, you going to pick based off of that? And Thiago Silva, I mean, he's made some mistakes and he, he has... You can see, beginning to see age creeping up into his game and a seemingly unageable man, but mm. you're beginning to see it. But still, I think there are moments this season where he's just bailed us out completely and been been one of the, well, in a team that's been so bad, I think you could say he's been a top 10 cents back in the league this season, which is massively impressive. Yeah, especially during the, the time period of Potter when we're playing five at the back, which is perfect for Thiago Silva it was when he was at his best I think we've seen when Frank's come back in we, when we play that suicide back four where there is no defensive structure at all you can't really rely on the 38 year old to be keeping up with the strikers and covering three three positions at once at times so yeah the mistakes will creep in as they have done but yeah he has been yeah top class still yeah absolutely agree uh I mean, other players who maybe deserve a shout, I mean, not enough to win player of the season. I think Badia Shiel, when he had his chance, that period of games when he was playing was fantastic. Mm. It's just unfortunate he hasn't been able to play enough. And also, like, injuries have derailed other players' seasons. I mean, we know Wesley Fofana's not been great for the last few games, but at the beginning of the season, he was pretty good. Uh, Reese yeah. James as well, obviously, good as good as ever. Yeah, and Chilwell started really Chilwell as well, in yeah. In November, yeah. It's not been really the same since then. Yeah, and Kovacic has missed a lot of the season with injury mouth yeah, as well. Of course, Kante missed pretty much ninety percent of the season. I think. Oh, we do have an injury game. list, don't we? Quite yeah. an injury list. Yeah, Broly has been out all season. That was a strong thing. excuse as to why we were so bad. Now we can't really use it anymore. No, we can't use it anymore, can mm. we? No. Uh, another player who's been is been good. I mean, not player of the season standards, but good. I think Ruben Loftus Cheek deserves more credit than he gets. I know he looks like he's on his way out, which I think is going to make me cry. As I said, I think he's. He's, he's a lot better than other players who might be staying at the club. But if he wants to leave, then he wants to leave. And I think that deal is basically done, assuming Milan can afford to pay for it, which... Yeah, that that one might Italian roll football clubs, bit. you know, you never know. Considering Serie A's not not quite finished yet, I think that might roll on for a few weeks before we actually know what's happening there. But yeah, yeah he's, he's, uh, that's something from the Newcastle game. He got substituted with about 20 yeah. to go, and it was quite obvious that he thinks he, he's probably on his way out. So... Yeah, that one is a shame. He has, he has had some good some good games this season. He's a makeshift right wing back in some games, and it has played off quite well. I mean, I, I think I mentioned to you before his end product is something that lacks quite highly. I don't think he got a single goal or assist this season, which is yeah, that poor yeah for a man who that when we when he was at his best pre injury four years ago. Now that was the per, the best bit of his game. So yeah, since he's lost that, it's been it's been tough to to keep him. Keeping it as a shout to someone who needs to start as often as he as he has done, but yeah, no, I will give him his props. He has still been quite a decent player in a pretty poor team this season. I do agree. His end product is, has been lacking for a long time, but it is looking like we are going to replace well one of the midfielders with 
is it Manuel Garte? Manuel Garte, yeah. yeah. It's going to be a lot of changes in that position over the summer by the looks of it. I mean, there's been rumours from various outlets that as many as four of our midfielders might be going, maybe even five. So that could be quite interesting to see how that plays out over the next few months. And then whether we're going to bring Caicedo in as well and we'll have Andre Santos coming back from the World Cup. Then there'll be players like Cassidy will probably get a Premier League loan somewhere. Karnachuk Mecca might go out on loan whether Pochettino wants to keep him in the in with us so yeah there's a lot of chopping and changing that's going to happen in that in that in that role in our team which is going to be interesting to see i do agree interesting times i'm sure we're going to come together with a fully gelled squad in the new season with when we make another 11 signings anyway yeah. we're go- we are going to talk about signings in a future episode but mm-hmm. not today not today we're end of season end of season awards yeah we're, we're drawing a line now yeah we're, yeah we're looking so, forward yet so next award keeping on the positive spirit uh, your worst player of the season. Oh, God. There's <laughs> a long list, I yeah, reckon. Little, so you have I mean, to pick I'm one. Amazing, you have amazing to pick we one. actually managed to talk about four players for the best. <laughs> yeah. For the worst, I could probably bring 90% of the team in It's for various points. Um, ooh, I think I'm going to go with Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. I think for someone who who has been here all season, to only get one Premier League goal, even with the limited minutes he was given, he, he nine times out of ten he was appalling in a Chelsea shirt. I think you can only really pick out the two Milan games and the away game against Crystal Palace where he was actually all right. Then you can mix that down with the games against Man City in sort of January time, the game against Man United in October, the away game against Salzburg. He was dreadful. When Lampard brought him back in against Brighton, he did nothing. So yeah, for me it's Pierre Aubameyang. I think that's slightly harsh. I think he, he missed a lot of a lot of game time and he never really got consistent minutes. I mean, not that I wanted to see him get consistent minutes. I mean, I didn't want to sign him in the first place. And coincidentally, we signed him for a manager who also didn't want him or, mm. or wasn't going to be there for the next yeah, five minutes yeah, and then Potter just, just, Potter just had then, him. Yeah, and then just left. I think it, well, he had 60 minutes under Sugo and that was it. Yeah, yeah, that away game yeah. And then in Zagreb. Yeah. My worst player of the season, I feel kind of bad saying it, but... I mean, if you listened to the last episode, you already know who it is. It is Conor Gallagher. Oh, I think that's Actually, harsh, you know. I think that's harsh. Tom, every game I watch when Conor Gallagher is playing, he's the worst player on the pitch. Is, I mean, I know he scored an absolute firecracker against Crystal Palace. Or, was it Crystal Palace? Yeah, I think it was. Yes, yeah, the last yeah. one. Yeah. But that's the only good goal he scored. The other goal he scored was a huge deflection. Or he might have got it's, one. He might have got one. Other against one. Bournemouth is all right as well. Yeah, he's. He's had, oh, I think he's had enough moments to stay out of that category for me. I think there's there's quite a few other players I'd put their head to have been who? Uh Mikhailo Madrid for one. That's not fair though, because he's not oh, even God. he's not even played half a season. He Conor Gallagher like... has consistently started. Like he started more than half the games this season. Yeah, no, it's fair, it's fair. But there was a decent period where he was coming off the bench for Potter in sort of February time. He was quite good then. But getting was... thirty minutes off the bench. <sighs> yeah, you can't. You can only give what he what what he's thought he's played. Yeah, I, I mean, so how can you say it's Mudrick I... then? How could you? How can you say Mudrick's been worse than Mudrick? Has, Mudrick has not, has I don't one know Mudrick... assist in every Yeah, but I don't think played. Mudrick's had a five hundred minutes in the Premier League. No, but he's still. I mean, he's had a hell of a lot more than the player I've picked as my worst. Yeah, true. And it's it, like it, Mudrick's probably only had one good game in a Chelsea show. It might be a bit harsh. He might have had maybe two or three. But he's also no, had it about is one good game, and it's not even a whole game. It's twenty minutes off the bench. Yeah, so yeah, he's he's had games where he's been substituted at half time because he's been so poor and everything else. But yeah, I don't know why I'm trying to talk you out of your own pick. Is your choice. no, no, yeah, is it? Mm. Uh, I just, I don't think. 
Bamiang and Mudrick have been bad, yeah, but they haven't got the minutes to justify worse player of the season. Yeah, if you, if you want to yeah, pick someone who's been consistent in the bad team, then yeah, that's it's a fair shout. Like, I, Koulibaly I think, I think... could be a good shout. Mm, yeah. Or, oh, wait, no! I forgot, I've changed my mind. I've changed my mind. I've changed my mind. Cougarella is the worst oh, player okay. of the season. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I won't do that. I can't believe we didn't. I forgot, he hasn't played for so long. Yeah, he's been out injured for a while, hasn't he? Yeah. What an absolute disaster! Sixty million down the drain. <laughs> maybe, yeah. no, maybe he'll be all right next season if he's still here. But this season, yeah, I, definitely, I know, I know. that there's is my worst player of the season. Been, yeah, plenty. Conny of Gallagher, you let off the hook. Yeah, there's been plenty of rumours that there's been a lot of off the pitch stuff that's been causing his appalling performances. Because yeah, there, there was a nice twenty minutes or so in the opening game of the season where he looked like, okay, this is what why we paid so much money for this guy. It's why Pep Guardiola wanted him so badly at City. So yeah, we've we've, we've been right to pay the extra money to get him. But yeah, no, he's. He's pulled off far too many horrific performances this season. Yeah, been... I absolutely. Well, obviously, I hope he's a lot better next season. Yeah, no, me too. There's no way he's going to be leaving. For this so. season, just basing him on the pitch, I think he is a worst player of the season. Especially when you look at Man City, who bought Akanji for a quarter of the price, who's looked like 10 times a player this season. Yeah, yeah. And then Nathan Ake has been masterclassed into a left back by Pep Guardiola, who's yeah, been a wow. hell of a lot better than. I think that is one of the perks of having Pep Guardiola as your manager. Yeah, he can he can make people like Akanji, who Dortmund were happy to see the back of, <laughs> seem like a world class player. So. so let's move on to what I think is probably going to be an easy answer mm-hmm. uh, signing of the season. Ah, oh, well, yeah, it's Enzo Fernandez, isn't it? It's, it's obviously Enzo Fernandez. Uh, I mean, we've. Of the of the many that we've made, he's the only one who's been consistent and worth the price that we've paid and showed it immediately, rather than sort of hoping that they'll come good within a year or two. But yeah, it's that's an easy answer, Enzo Fernandez. I think one of the main things I like about Enzo Fernandez is he actually looks like he cares. He's yeah. got that dog in him, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't say definitely. That's it's very, it's very like. Uh, South American to have that kind of fire and passion. I mean, you see it from a lot of United players that are Brazilian or yeah, or Argentinian, well, yeah, yeah Argentinian. Argentinian yeah. The Sandro mm-hmm. Martinez and Casemiro yeah. are the main two I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. They they get annoyed, they get pissed off, which we don't see enough from Chelsea players anymore. And I think you saw it in the um, oh, what was it? The game against United. Was it United? Yeah, when yeah, someone's... yeah, with the year after the penalty, yeah, where yeah. he was, it was just him and seven United players, whereas yeah, yeah and everyone else had just strolled off. Mm. I, I think that's one of the, I mean, obviously his cat, his qualities on the pitch and his passing, his his defensive work, his his long range passing, I think it's all absolutely fantastic. Yeah, uh, but I think having those qualities as well just doubles it up. And yeah, you mentioned. A lot of the other signings, if not all of them, have been absolute disasters. I mean, you can say Madawake and Madawake's been all right. Yeah, uh, yeah. The minutes he's played, Chukwemeka has been all right. The minutes he's played, but again, they're yeah. very limited minutes. Yeah, very, very. Limited. I mean, you look at the signings, can't man. Kudabali, Sterling disappeared in various games. Yeah, it's yeah. Which brings me on to my next one, next mm. section. Uh, worst signing of the season. <laughs> Well, this this will be the guy I gave um, worst player of the season. That'll be Aubameyang. Yeah, signed for a manager who you're ready to sack. So it's a 30-year-old who's well past his best. He's relying on pace, who fell out with his previous manager in England. It yeah comes with the baggage and everything else. So you sign him for a manager who he played his best football under, well, albeit five, six years ago. But 
yeah, but at the time, it's like, okay, this is a big risk, but it could work. Like, Tuchel could probably get a tune out of him, but yeah, it didn't happen. Something clearly went wrong around November time, and then you'd expect when half the team are off at the World Cup and he's able to work with Potter for six, seven, eight weeks, that okay, he's going to be, he's going to know, Potter's going to know how to get something out of him, and Aubameyang's going to know what he, the manager expects of him, but no, he just doesn't start for the first three games back. I don't. I think he played the. I think there was a pre, well, sort of a friendly game, and he only got forty-five minutes and got hauled off because he was so bad. So there's there's a, a lot of wasted money there, and now we're going to rely on another club to take a punt of it on him to try and get some money back, or it will be a case of having to cancel his contract because <laughs> we can't keep him lingering around. It's going to be pretty pointless. To yeah, I'm say. sure we'll cancel his contract in Barcelona, and we'll be straight back on it. So. Oh yeah, I mean yeah, if he's available for a free, then yeah, that'll be the, the, the greatest money laundering. Money, money laundering tactic from Barcelona of all time. Mm. I think, uh, again, I mean, it, it kind of comes back to what we said, the player or worst player of the season. I think it's harsh to say Aubameyang is the worst signing of the season. In reality, it only cost 15 million and he didn't get a lot mm. of minutes. I mean, it was signed for the wrong manager at the wrong time for the wrong club. I mean, all those things. And you can say he's already passed it, but I think it, come on, worst signing of the season is Cabrera. <laughs> Yeah, That's no yeah, debate, man. Yeah. I mean, you could say it's Mudrick, but at least he has some potential. Like Cucurella. Yeah, yeah. Mudrick's obviously a very young man on a very long contract. So there's also Kudabali is in there with a shout as well. That's yeah, like, yeah. What was that? Thirty-five million for a thirty-three-year-old who's been absolutely yeah. terrible. Giving him, giving the number twenty-six, and again, they made that video as well. They made that video. Yeah, the volley. It's like, ah, oh, yes, he's going to be exactly how he was, but. Yeah, the Premier League clearly caught up to him very quickly. He wasn't prepared to make that transition and didn't adapt quickly enough. He had a couple of games where he looked all right. The Dortmund away game stands out for me. He was very, very good. I think the home game as well, he was very good. But every time he has been, it was. It, I remember at least three times this season after a good game he's had, I'd say, OK, he has to start next game. And he does. And he plays appallingly. And again, loses his spots to one of the younger one, one of the younger guys. So, yeah, that's that's another fair shout for Bali. Yeah, I do. I do player ratings for London's first shout out, and I think Koulibaly against Tottenham on his debut. I think that's the highest rating I've given all season because wow. he was absolutely yeah. fantastic in that game, mm. and he really yeah, did he sell was. us a dream, as you said. Mm. Um, and from there, I think I think he gave him a nine out of ten, Ooh, and then I think the next game I gave him a three out of ten, <laughs> <laughs> and that's probably a lot more reflective on the rest of his ratings for the rest yeah. of the season. Mm. Uh, but yeah, it's been the transfer window has been a. An interesting place for a Chelsea fan. Very exciting when you're in it, and then you actually see them on the pitch, and you're like, ah, yeah, what? yeah. It, it, it has become a very sort of nuclear thing in in football fan bases now. Everyone gets obsessed with the transfer window, like any sort of news and rumor. I try not to get overexcited, but it is quite quite fun when you see your clubs buying. It draws new you in, doesn't it? It draws you. Yeah, in. Yeah, really. It, no matter how much you hate it, like everyone will still have a soft spot of okay, there's. It's just basically the hope of, oh, okay, this guy's going to be the next big thing for us. This is going to be what we need. So, yeah, any player who comes in, even if they have got a track record like Aubameyang had, I am always going to be like, okay, yeah, they're going to they're going to shine for us. Even if they're given the curse number nine shirt and we haven't had a good striker for seven years and we've any sort of older elder player that we take a risk on seems to play badly for us. I will always pray, oh, yeah, no, they're going to, going to be... I have to say, just, just to toot my own horn, I did say when we signed Aubameyang it was going to be terrible. Yeah. I was right, but I did get excited for Cucurella. Mm. <laughs> I was very wrong on that one. Yeah. So yeah, it is a, it's a bit of a curse place, but we're already getting excited about the future signs we might make. So yeah. Uh, and just to wrap things up on on ratings for this season, I thought I'd do a funny one. 
manager of the season since oh. we've had four. Since we've had four. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you can't not pick Bruno Saltor. <laughs> I think he's got the highest. I think he's got the highest percentage. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. One one clean sheet draw against Liverpool to secure that we actually didn't lose to every team in the league this season. Yeah. That's a huge result. That is a huge result. <laughs> massive, massive. No, to be to be serious. Well, I'd, I'd probably. Still be I think he's second. I think being serious, he is still second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> the Potter's Potter was there long enough, but even and then Lampard's been worse. So yeah, I'd put Lampard fourth, Potter third, Tuchel second, and Bruno first. Yeah, I absolutely. I think I have Tuchel first. To be fair, just uh, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, just uh, yeah, thank yeah. him for his uh, points that kept us. Yeah, the ten kept points us in the Premier League. Out by football Twitter every every week yes. when people start start either loving him or laughing when he they went by and do poorly. So it's yeah, but Bayern have won the league, even they if have, it wasn't yeah. the most convincing. I mean, it, well, convincing well, no thanks, no thanks to themselves. Yeah, <laughs> that was more Dortmund's fault. But yeah, Dortmund really did choke the bag there. But mm. I mean, yeah, I think. <laughs> It's been such a disastrous season for managers. I mean, even if you if you do isolate Tuchel's reign just as results, they weren't good. No, I mean, we yeah, lost, yeah, what was it? Three one to Leeds or something. Three yeah, the three one to Leeds on day on the third game. You have got the one nil defeat to Zagreb. Oh, that was rough, yeah, wasn't it? Bad first first time they beat they'd won a champ won their opening Champions League game, which was yeah pretty pretty poor. And then yeah, there was very. I mean, the Tottenham two two was disappointing in itself because. That that should have been a win. That should have been quite an easy win. But yeah, we played the game of our lives and two very stupid goals. Um, I mean, the West Ham game we only won because VAR made an absolute cock up of of the foul, quote unquote, on Mendy. Nah, mate, that was a Stonewall foul. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Mendy was out for three broke, weeks Bowen after that. Mendy broke his ribs. Yeah. I mean, he was then... actually out for like a couple of weeks after that. Mendy was. I mean, yeah, it wasn't yeah. foul. Well, but... no, he's not been the same since, has he? <laughs> oh my. That's yeah. it. that destroyed that's our what, season. That's what derailed our season. Um, what else was? Oh yeah, they were. I mean, the Leicester win at home. That was still. We were down to ten men after twenty minutes, and yeah, even that was a bit of a mess. But thankfully, Leicester are so bad that we were able to win that. So yeah, bye bye Leicester out of the Premier yeah. League. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I think it is fair to say that Lampard's probably been been the worst. I mean, oh, I'm yeah. I'm a pretty staunch defender of Lampard as a manager. I think he, he's. As I've mentioned on this podcast, I think he did an underrated job at both Chelsea and Everton. Everton, who, by the way, only just stayed up under world-class manager Sean Dyche. Oh, I don't think anyone's ever called Sean Dyche world-class. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Look at Sean Dyche, man. He, he's, a, he's a cult hero on, on social mm. media. Loads no, of people I... love him and say that he's a fantastic manager. I think yeah. Lam- I do think he's an all right manager. I just don't think Lampard's as bad as people saying this. But this... this short little stint at Chelsea. Oh, themselves. yeah. One, one win in nine games is awful. Honestly appalling. That's the same, I think, someone someone uh, put in my group chat the night before the Newcastle, well, one of my group chats the night before the Newcastle game that he was going to record, um, equal Nathan Jones's record as Southampton manager and he has done. Which is Impressive. Yeah, <laughs> really, really bad. Yeah, I mean, there are times where I thought we played better football than the results we deserved. But at the end of the day, as a manager, you do have to be able to grind up those results, especially as a player who played under the likes of Jose Mourinho and Ancelotti, who knew how to grind out results. I think it's disappointing you can't put that into your own management. But you never yeah. know. I mean, I'm not sure what's next for Lampard in management. No, me neither. Um, I, I, did, I remember throwing out to, to someone quite early in the season when he was being touted as being sacked as Everton manager that he'll take the England under-21 job after the summer. But I think he'll probably feel he's above that. So... 
I'm doubt he's going to take that sort of step. So is he above that? Oh, I, I don't he... think he is. No, I think that'd be a very good job for him. I just think he personally will think he is. So it's. Do you uh, see him going back to the championship? Yeah, that'll be another thing. Like whether someone, it's one of the teams like Leicester or Leeds or someone who's gone down will take a punt on him. But I can't I see can't a Premier League know. team going after him. No, me neither. Um, Actually, you know what? I can see Everton doing it. Sacking Dyche, go back to oh, Lampard. God. That's so Everton. <laughs> I think the, well, the, the fans have, have nearly killed their board enough. I think that would be the tipping point. I don't think there's anyone in the Premier League who he has not risen his stock at all. I mean, there was plenty of um, articles when he was announced that, oh, this is there's no losing party in this because last season was over and he needed something to boost his stock and... But yeah, no I think there was a losing party or two yeah. losing parties. Yeah, and yeah, Ben, it's pretty yeah, been proven to be completely wrong that we both yeah. lost in this scenario. Anyway, just to wrap things up, it's been going on for quite a while. Mm-hmm. We've done our play- players of the season, worst players of the season, whatever. Let's just say, uh, as we started with the women, let's end with the men. Three words for your hopes for next season: um, stability, um, hope, and. Goals, please. <laughs> Goals is a fantastic one. My three words are different, different, and different. Very nice. <laughs> they also begin with D. <laughs> yeah, three Ds, three Ds. The but, letter yeah. of the day. Yeah, fantastic, fantastic. Uh, hopefully, the next season will be a lot better as a Chelsea mm. fan. I mean, we're going to be here every week, or well, every week there and thereabouts. Maybe. We'll yeah, yeah, we'll if, see what we, we can come up with as ideas. But but we're, yeah, we're, there's enough Chelsea content going oh, around. Oh, always there's news every week, week. Always yeah, news every week. But mm. we've we've been online today. Maybe we'll be in person next week. Who knows? But yeah. uh, it's been it's been a, another fantastic episode. I hope you've enjoyed. If you made it this far, well done. Oh, you yeah, must be yeah. a very sad Chelsea fan or my father. Oh, yes. Good <laughs> up, Mr. Boy. Shout out, Richard. Uh, <laughs> thank you very much for listening. This has been the Blue Tomorrow Podcast.